Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey, and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Mike Southern, who is a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, and one of the world's top business keynote speakers on entrepreneurship, intrapreneurship, and sales. So, Mike, hello, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Oh, thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate that. And just out of interest, whereabouts are you in the world right now? I'm in North London, and it's lovely and sunny here, so... um... Kind of born and bred London, more or less. Um, you're in the Midlands, which is I am, lovely. Yeah. I'll try and hide my accent as best I can, but I never, I'm never able to. <laughs> uh, no worries. Great. Well, thank you so much. I just want to just share a little bit more about you before we do get started. Mm-hmm. So Mike is co-author of The Beer Mat Entrepreneur, The mm-hmm. Boardroom Entrepreneur, and Sales on a Beer Mat. Mm-hmm. He's spoken at over 1,000 live events all over the world and has also provided face-to-face mentoring to over 1,000 entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, we're going to jump into the questions. And given that you have spoken at over 1,000 live events, I'd love to know, were you always a naturally born speaker or were things a little shaky in the beginning? Well, things are always shaky when you start, but I have to say I'm kind of born to do speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of in my DNA or something. I come from a, a family of performers in a way. Yeah. My dad was a salesman. My mother was a ballet dancer. Hey, great. So, um, it was a thrill. I mean, I've been in bands. I've fronted bands for years. I've been a stand-up. I've been an actor. So the whole business of going on stage is not a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact is, even if you've done as many gigs as me, you are always nervous. Yeah. If you're not nervous, there's something wrong. You're not hyped up. So there's a whole bunch of procedure we do as actors to get ourselves into just the right moment when you go on stage. It's no different to being a speaker. So um, I mean, there's... A few people I know, particularly Olivia James, who I'll connect you with, who are very good with people. I mean, I was, I was at lunch with a very experienced senior government scientist who said he's petrified going on stage, but once he gets into it, he's kind of okay. But fear of speaking is not something to be either afraid of or to ignore, because if you're not scared, there's something wrong. You've got to be hyped up to go on, but you've got to use the adrenaline positively. Now, of course, I'm the kind of person who would speak every single day if they possibly could. Yeah. But usually it's, no, no, Mike, we've heard enough. Thank you. But um, so if it was down to me, I'd speak every day. Some people, it's more a question of, I'll do it when I have to. And we all have to. There's always some time at work when you've got to talk about whatever. And I spend a lot of time helping people to prepare for the, the worst possible question, which is, oh, sorry, Tom, could you just say a few words about what you're doing in about 15 minutes? Yeah. You've literally got no time to prepare. Mm-hmm. Of course, speaking is all about preparation and getting it yeah. right and being in the right space. But what I teach people to do is that ability to be able to, without any notes or anything, to be able to start just say a few words and explain what you're doing without saying too much, because most people fall into the trap of trying to say too much. But I mean, I've earned a living as a speaker being paid. And there's a big difference between that and just getting up and saying a few things. So when you're being paid, it's a hugely different thing because you've got to give value for money. You've got to, somebody's paid you to be there. It's not just you're there to cheer people up. You're there to get a definite outcome. So there's quite a lot goes into it. But but, but you're absolutely right. The fear of speaking is is a major issue. It is. Thank you so much for that. And and you mentioned then that there will be a time when you have to talk. So the title of this podcast is Succeed Through Speaking. Mm -hmm. How important do you think speaking is in business and, of course, in life as well? 
Oh, it's it's absolutely vital, even if you hate the idea of speaking. I mean, I, I teach a lot of students now, and mm-hmm. some of them, they're born to speak. They could do my job. Others, it's the worst nightmare. And uh, two friends of mine wrote a brilliant book called And Death Came Third. It's Peter Roper and Andy Lapata. And, you know, death was the third most scary thing. Uh, number one and two varies which one you speak to. One was networking, you know, talking to strangers mm-hmm. at conferences. But Peter Roper's very strong on, you know, speaking in public is the scariest thing ever but we all have to do it and you may not want to do it every day like I do but it's a vital part of your armory to be able to okay not in 15 minutes every time but to be able to put something together where you can explain what you do so you succeed in whatever you're doing whether you're an entrepreneur like me trying to sell people your stuff or whether you're trying to do well in a large company being able to not only speak you know properly if that's the right word but also to get the point across and then here's the most important thing and here's the one thing I learned when I started suddenly doing it every day because before then I've been doing this doing that suddenly our book comes out this is 20 years ago almost exactly today so I'm invited to speak at conferences now this is the best piece of advice I received from a very experienced speaker who said when you speak in public you will always get a round of applause at the end Mostly because you've stopped. Oh, thank God they finished. Oh, God, they were so boring. Yeah. And, and I was getting that. I was getting all this, you know, oh, he's gone on for a bit. He's overrun, so on and so forth. So you're always going to get the round of applause. But you have to have some kind of tangible outcome. And here's my top tip, which is whatever you're speaking about, five minutes before you finish, and timing is very important, you say, I've got five minutes to go. So I've got to go soon, but I would like you to do this one thing. Yeah. And you measure it on the number of people who do that thing. It could be give me your business card or connect with me on LinkedIn or fill in a form. Because if nobody wants to do what you ask them to, you've been a failure as a speaker. They liked you. Oh, goodbye. Go off. If they say, oh, no, before anything else, I'm going to do that thing Mike said. And of course, in a sales context, it's connect with me because I might want to say something later. Mm -hmm. It's that real outcome. So when somebody's preparing a talk, I say, well, let's go straight to the end. Whatever it is you talk about, What's your outcome? What do you want people to do differently? What do you, what result do you want? It could be just be a better person. I mean, I do a lot about, you know, be a mentor to entrepreneurs or whatever it is. You've got to have that because if you haven't got that, there's no point speaking. To be honest, yeah, you're just yeah. there to fill in the time. If you've yeah, got yeah. a definite thing where people say, "Oh, I wish I could have heard more from Mike or Tom," but you know, I'm going to do that thing, then you know you've won. If you measure it, then if you get 10 one day and 20 the next, you've done a better job. If you get Absolutely. five, you've done a worse job. Yeah. And that, and that one thing is so important because we talk about this quite a lot, but you know, if somebody a week later after listening to your 60-minute presentation, chances are they're only actually going to remember one thing from that presentation anyway. So you might as well make sure that's something that you've chosen. Oh, oh completely, because you're always going to be using something like PowerPoint or Keynote. And the word PowerPoint usually has the two words death by before it yeah. most people panic and think i better put more stuff up there because mm-hmm. the more stuff up there the better it is because otherwise i'll be perceived as being not terribly good it's actually the other way around yeah i have these very simple slides no more than three bullet points i'm hoping that in half an hour an hour they remember one thing that was the guy who you know i do a lot of talks that involve the beatles i'm often the beatles guy because i know a lot about yeah. the beatles but and that thing he said i'll remember it forever and i'll do that thing now, when you watch a, a top-notch politician or something, you can tell they've been coached to obviously hope people like them, get the message across. But then 
let's do this. There's some, some quite interesting stuff they do to get you to do what they want, you know, vote for them or something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's think back to those early days. So you mm-hmm. were happy being stood on a stage in, in front <sighs> of people. Um, but if there's one piece of advice you could give yourself now, you know, back to a younger Mike, what, mm-hmm. what would that be? Well, um, Speaking in public is actually stagecraft. I was very lucky. I'd been an actor. So I knew where to stand on the stage, how to work, how not to walk in front of the projector, all those things which are very basic stagecraft to anybody who's been trained as an actor. So often if somebody's really good, you know, they've got some great stuff and they've got a lot of confidence, I teach them stagecraft, how to walk on, where to stand, what to do. Uh, I don't go as far as, you know, these are the positions you hold to get more influence. That looks false. It's um, understand your space where you are and have you got the sight line of people and can you captivate them in the first two minutes? Because at a commercial conference, if you're being a bit boring in the first minute, they'll say, should we go to the bar? Or should we go and get a drink? We'll come back later, it's not very interesting. You've got to keep them there saying, well, yeah, we'll go to the bar in a minute, but maybe we'll just listen to this. So the first part where, you the reason I'm here today, and it's often you're talking about, you know that pain of, it could be, let's say, public speaking. It's nerve wracking, yeah. I'm going to solve that today. People are saying, hang on, I don't quite believe him, but I'll stick along mm-hmm. a couple of minutes. So it's first it's you stating a pain or a problem which you're there to solve, establishing your authority. The reason you should talk to me is because I've done a thousand gigs or whatever. Once you've got them, then you've probably got another five minutes after that to get into a bit of content, which is yeah. so here's my three top tips or something like that, which you're going to write down and remember forever. Then you get to the, whatever, I've only got five minutes. Could you do this? Um, And then you're finished. And the reality is, if you've got a 30-minute slot or an hour slot, if you finish 10 minutes earlier, you're the biggest hero in the world. They thank you. If you overrun, especially if you're being paid, you'll never get booked again. Because you thought, oh, I'll talk about this. I want to talk about that. I'm in my flow and whatever. If you're 15 minutes late and somebody else is coming on 15 minutes late because you've been unprofessional, you'll never work again great and it's like yeah he's great but he's too into himself so yeah so there's lots of top tips there but i think the first few that, that stood out to me was capture that audience in the early parts of your presentation and make sure that you use the space well mm-hmm. on the stage and learn how to do that and also if you can it's better to finish early than it is to overrun absolutely absolutely because you always say look you know i can do a q and a i can do whatever if you finish five minutes early, especially if you're coming up to a break if you mm-hmm. keep people from a break, from lunch or dinner, you're the worst criminal in the world. Yeah, because they're, yeah. they're hungry, they're fed up, they're whatever. But yeah. the other, the other big point I would say is that when you're up there, you make a point, or you're, you know, there's a problem, we're going to solve it. Then you're into the easiest part of story to, of, of speaking, which is storytelling. Mm-hmm. I remember when it might be a story about you, might be an anecdote, might be a parable, and and all stories have the same form, and we do it every day. Once upon a time, there was a problem. Yeah. Then I this happened or I did that and the result was. And we all can all tell a story about how we got stuck in traffic or mm-hmm. whatever happened. Storytelling is the easiest part of public speaking. The hardest bit is comedy. Now yeah. I studied comedy a lot. And my usual advice is do not try to be a comedian unless you happen to be a comedian. Yeah. This is difficult. Now, gag comedians, like I went to see Gary Delaney brilliant recently, he's brilliant, and you know, Jimmy Carr and Ricky Gervais, these kind of people. It's a gag. If you do it in the right timing, you'll get the same laugh, but you'll probably get the timing wrong and ruin it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
but telling a funny story which gives people a sort of wry laugh and oh we've all been there we've been stuck in traffic we're trying to get to an event and da, 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 so i did this top tip wear a hat or something tell stories and they can be stories about yourself so authentic or once upon a time there was a guy it's like a parable mm-hmm. yeah so when i'm teaching students to be able to stand up in 15 minutes and do 15 minutes have a slide set of six slides pictures and that picture reminds you, oh, and then an elephant came in. So there's a picture of an elephant. So you tell stories and people, oh, you were the guy that talked about the Beatles or an elephant or something. So stories yeah. are the easiest thing to do. Don't try and be funny unless you're professional. You will, you will crash and burn. I've seen it. Lo- lo- lots of great value in there. And the next question then, so we talked about mm. speakers that are starting their journey and possibly ones that are already speaking. And there's a bit of a transition then to go from speaker to paid speaker. Oh, so, yeah. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to actually get paid to stand up and speak? Well, if you're being paid, the only issue is value for money. Yeah. Um, somebody's paying you, so they paid you a thousand pounds. Have they had a thousand pounds worth of value? Now, if you're a big star uh, and you're Paul McCartney or something, you're going to get thousands of people there because they want to see Paul McCartney. The rest of people, the organizer is thinking, I paid them a thousand, did I get a thousand of value? Are my customers so happy that I spent that money? This is a very hard thing. I think the market has changed. When I started speaking full time in 2002, there were plenty of gigs out there. Um, there's lots of people who speak for free, and TEDx has got people speaking for nothing, which is it's a great mm-hmm. thing, different model. It's very tough now, unless you're a celebrity. And normally when I go out and speak, I'm up against the celebrity, the person who won the gold medal or you know, yeah. did whatever. This is very difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the market's going to recover post-COVID. I mean, during COVID, all my speaking work just stopped. Yeah. And it may come back, it may not, I'm busy anyway. If it does, I'll be happy. But it's a very tough thing to get money for speaking. Now, the other model is you're speaking for expenses, but you've got a, what's called an upsell, which is, mm-hmm. anyway, I hope you enjoyed what I said. If you're interested in my, I don't have them, but you know, workshops on negotiation, like my friend, Derek Arden, who's brilliant. And if you're interested in that, you can sign up and I'll make money doing that. Yeah. Now, that's a very good model. You don't have to be famous. They're just thinking, yeah, that makes sense. I liked his half hour or hour. And I'm sure if he comes in for half a day to my company, he'll improve whatever problem we have, you know, lack of sales or whatever skill it is. Because a lot of speakers do that. That's their model. You don't have to pay me to turn out. Because I think if there's a 100 people in the room, 20 are going to book up my workshop. Therefore, it makes economic sense. Yeah. I've never done that personally. I've always been at yeah. the, look, I'm just going to talk about the Beatles. You'll love it. And yeah. you'll get a I've, point and I've seen it entertained. And well done, Mike. Yeah. And we'll talk to you in the bar. But I'm a yeah. comedian. I'm in that mode. For yeah, that. perfect. No, great. Thanks for that. And you mentioned the pandemic, which has obviously mm. been hot on, um, hot on the press recently. Yeah. So how did you personally transition during that period? Did you move into virtual or did you just pause your speaking? I, I paused the speaking and then started doing other work. I mean, I, I speak a lot at universities. So I was doing university yeah, yeah. presentations via zoom also i took on a sales job again for the first time in a few years because my right. friend needed some help and i was doing it via zoom right it wasn't as good as going to visit people and whatever else um but you know all of us you know in times of difficulty we find another way of doing it but now everything is opening up and everybody thinks i would love to go to a conference and see some speakers and meet people and talk in the bar and doing that i think it's going to really open up yeah and so you've really got to be the best you've got to be you provide value, you're obviously authentic in what you do, you're giving value, a combination of inspiration, oh, I'm so inspired hearing the speaker, but also that's some stuff I can use personally in yeah. my work to, to make myself more successful. So for those speakers that are 
maybe not yet on the circuit, but they've spent lockdown writing their scripts and practicing and they're ready to go out into the world. Have you got any advice for a new speaker who wants to land a speaking gig and they've never done that before? Uh, Find where there's a speaking gig going on and talk them into having you in a nice way. Persuasion. Persuasion. It's it's a standard thing, which is, look, I will add value. They're saying, would you? Then here's how I would do it. Here's what I would do. That sounds quite good. Then it's just practice. Yeah. I, mean, I tell my students, go back to your old school and tell you your experience in London. Yes. Because of them from abroad. That's an mm-hmm. easy gig to get. Yeah. What happened to you when you went to London? There's good stuff, there's bad stuff. You develop practice. But the yeah. thing is that if you do a good job speaking, whether it's at a TEDx or any other event, there'll be people in the audience saying, that person will be great for my conference. Then mm-hmm. they say, Oh, I heard you speak at this thing. And I'd like to speak at my thing. You say a very simple question. What's your speaker budget? Yeah. It's zero. You make a value call. But you'd be amazed. People say, I'm really sorry. Sorry, Mike. You sat down. So I know you're really disappointed. It's only a thousand pounds. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. a thousand pounds for an hour's work. Okay, I've got to get there and get back. I'm happy with that. You see, because I don't have a speaker rate. Because different gigs, you know, one gig I can charge five grand. Next week I can charge a grand. I love speaking, so the default yeah. is, yeah, I'll do it, you know. Yeah. But it's yeah. the, um, ask them what the budget is, and then they make it mm. a call. So if I pay Mike a £1,000, will I get a £1,000 worth of value? Not just people like me, it's more people saying, yeah, of course. well, after hearing Mike, I increased my sales by 20 grand. Well, yeah. Mike was value for money. Yeah. Just yeah. ask, yeah. do gigs, um, but whatever your business is, yeah, podcasts, anything, speaking in public, and then chatting with them afterwards, and this, that, and the other, there's always benefit to be had. If you're the kind of person who dreams of getting in a car and driving somewhere or getting on a plane and going somewhere, there's always good you can do, but make sure you're earning a living. So you may have that dual model, which is, I speak for nothing, but I do enough workshops. Yeah, perfect. And you made a really good point there about just getting started. Don't wait until you've got the perfect opportunity to speak. You know, just speak at your school, then speak at your local um, business conference and then build up to those national business conferences and and global in the end. Yeah, because when I started, there were plenty of places you could go and speak for nothing. Fortunately, I had a best-selling book, so people knew they had to pay me. But there's chambers of commerce. There used to be business things. There's always groups of people at schools. There's everything where... They'd love to have a real human being, not on Zoom, come in, mm-hmm. talk to them, shake hands, talk to people, you know, give some value and just tell stories about yourself and why you're authentic. And you're just as authentic when you're 20 and you've had some experiences as when you're my age, which is a lot more than 20. Absolutely. So just be yourself. Just be authentic. Don't try and be somebody else. And also, um, I'm not that a big of a fan of the, you know, the personal development people who are, you know, you too can be a millionaire if, you know, yeah. there's a lot of bad stuff out there. You just say, here's my story. I hope it's useful. How can I help you? But you've got to understand yourself and what value you, you personally provide to people other than making them slightly happier. I mean, the obvious ones yeah. are, I'll increase your revenue or I'll reduce your costs. That's yeah. two classic ones. And that's measurable. That's yeah. really good. I'll make you feel slightly happier tomorrow. Eh, not so good. But I'll show you how you can. I mean, the classic thing now is how can you use social media to improve your business? That's a, and I'm at my university on Monday. I'm just so thrilled. I got a guy and I went to see him specifically in Los Angeles, a guy called Scott Bradley from Postmodern mm-hmm. Jukebox, who put a video up. Then he turned that into Postmodern Jukebox. He then got more than a billion hits on YouTube. Wow. Then how did he monetize that? And it was, yeah. he has no idea why it happened. It just did. Then mm-hmm. it's how you make money out of it. So 
if you've got something with, and he just plays the piano, he's amazing. If you saw the videos, you'll you'll understand why people love him. Yeah. He's got the touring band, that's why he's here at the moment. But again, just step back. Who am I? I want to help people. Of course I do. And it's not just, you know, cheer yourself up, you know, put yourself up, you know, have fun. It's more mm-hmm. do this and you will be closer to where you want to be, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And the most me- obvious measurable outcomes are money. Yeah. yeah you'll yeah. get more money, you'll save some money. Those are the yeah. two. Start there. If you do that, everybody wants to hear that. Save money on utilities. Utilities are going up. I'll show you how to do it. Or I'll show you how to get more revenue so you don't care about your heating bill because you're making yeah. so much money you don't care. Because yeah. up to hundred pounds, who cares? You know, so, as well. yeah, all, all about providing value to the audience, to the event organizer, and to anybody that gets to listen to that presentation. So, one last question from me, oh. Mike, is where can people connect with you if they want to either book you as a speaker or just find out more about you? Well, it's mikeson.com. That's my speaker site. And there's all my life history and all of that. And everything's on there. But my, my particular call of action is actually something very specific, which is I th- hopefully quite nice, which is yeah. I teach a lot of university students uh, who've come from all around the world. So I've decided what I need to do is to get in front of them about the time they're thinking, shall I go to university or not? So my open offer is you know, if you're in somewhere nice like uh, Monaco or Berlin or something, of course, but in the UK as well, if you want me to come into your schools to say, here are your options, here's why London's interesting. Obviously, I'd love it if you came to London to Bayes Business School, where I am in City University. But those are the talks that I want to give. Now, I probably won't earn money doing that in schools, but I earn money different ways now. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, if you want to book me as a speaker, I can speak at any conference about anything. Trust me, I'm brilliant. I yeah. put the Beatles in there. I know the Beatles. It's all great. But the particular thing I'd love any of your listeners to, to do is, uh, yeah, wouldn't it be my, nice to get Mike into my school? when the, the students are thinking, university, yes, no, what do I do? How does it work? So that's my, my call to action. So Mike Southern, and I'm sure you'll put Thank that you so on, much. on the I will, I'll drop that into the show notes and I'll also make a little note there about the speaking at universities as well. So I'll make, mm. make sure that's available to all of our listeners. Brilliant. So. Mike, thank you so much again for your time today. I really appreciate you coming along and sharing your story with our audience. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Tom.